<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, do you know about Secret Menu? It's the subscription tier of the A Thing or Two newsletter that goes deep. Shopping guides, market roundups, answers to reader questions, and a whole bunch of resources we swear by. Secret Menu subscribers receive an exclusive newsletter every Thursday and access to an archive of all of our content, even Monday newsletters dating back to 2012. It's four bucks a month and you can cancel anytime. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will get you weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463. You know what else? Join our Geneva. Oh my gosh, join our Geneva. It has been thriving. Would you call it a thriving Geneva community? Oh, I would absolutely call it a thriving Geneva community. Like As of today, it's like 300 members strong. I have just been very charmed by everybody's contributions, like great parenting advice. Somebody said, I wrote it down. Somebody was asking about advice for newborns the other day. And this woman wrote, I can promise that for everything someone seems to have an easy time with, there's something that is harder than they thought it would be. And I was just like, yes, pearls of wisdom. Also, just so nice. So nice. Just so nice. Our yes. Geneva's community is as nice as I hoped it would be. It really is. We are recording in a studio for the first time and since, would you, like, February, February 2020. 2020. Yeah. Yeah, and then we recorded, like, basically three days before, you know, the NBA was like, there's a pandemic. Oh my before gosh, the NBA right. called With the Mickey pandemic. Drexler, <laughs> and we thought we were going to be the ones responsible for giving Mickey Drexler COVID, right? Mickey wasn't concerned about it, but we certainly were. <laughs> We certainly were. And now we're back and it's a whole new thing because we're recording video. We don't have a table, but we do have our laptops. So there's some awkward positioning going on. Yeah, just sitting on couches with laptops. How do you think I'm doing? I think you're doing so good. Thank you. (laughs) I've got it perched on my knee. I think next time I'm going to bring a paper script. Yeah, yeah. Listen, we're getting into it. We're getting into a program over here. Yeah. So if you notice that the energy is more magical, it's because we're seeing each other in person and not over Zoom. But still with our computers, <laughs> our, our, our like comfort computers or like right. our. Yeah. 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 <laughs> OK, so we went to an event in real life last week. It, very rare. Like left the house, put on clothes and makeup. Moreover, it was a lunch event on a weekday in like Midtown. It was truly a ladies who lunch moment It because I was like, we happen to have the time right now to go to this. But who else does? Well, it turns out a lot of people. 
I think also it was like just the exact kind of event that people are like, no, no, I will clear my schedule. Like I <laughs> because because Frances McDormand was there and she really delivered on the promise of her presence because she came and sat at every table and chit chatted. It's not just that she was there. It's that I scooted over in a booth so that Frances could pop down next to me and yeah. we could all chat for 10 minutes. So the event was at Monkey Bar, which is like a classic Midtown institution that has way better food than any classic Midtown institution has a right to have. Everybody at our table, like the six of us were all like, do we have to eat at other restaurants or could we just eat it here? It was like, so I, I, It good. was so strange. Nobody's talking about this because most places like Monkey Bar have really mediocre food and you just go with it because you're like, well, this it's is a scene, an institution. It's a scene, it's a vibe yeah. and like it has dark red walls. There's something to it. It was great food and we taught, that was sort of our icebreaker with Fran. She was like, I haven't tasted this trout salad and we were like, well, you've got to taste it because it's delicious. It was a trout Caesar and she was like, does anybody mind if I use my finger? We were like, absolutely who, not. Who here, would minds. who here would object? So we shared finger foods with Frances McDormand. But so the, we shared food with Frances McDormand's fingers. They weren't <laughs> finger foods <laughs> traditionally. <laughs> so the event was in celebration of this new movie, Women Talking, that is directed by Sarah Polly. And it's based on a Miriam Tobes book. It's like Miriam Tobes is an amazing writer. If you haven't read her, it is awesome. We haven't seen the movie yet. No, we haven't. And but, but we're going to over the like break. And our know. friend Fran pitched it really hard. Fran's a producer. Like she's we should all it. see whatever yeah. Fran is doing. Basically. Exactly. So the panel was hosted by Roxanne Gay and it had Sarah Polly and one of the producers and all of the lead actresses. And Roxanne Gay said, I'm going to ask you a question I like to ask all creative people. What do you like most about the way you made this film? And we all just turned to each other like, wow, what a great question. And just what a broadly applicable question. Yes. Like, we're not all making movies over here, but what do you like most about the way you X? X, Y, Z. And you could say this to a person about a creative thing. You could say yeah. this to a person about like how they executed a project. You could say this to a toddler about a drawing. Anything. Yeah, it's such a good question. So to start, Sarah Polly had a great answer. She was like, I like that I prioritized people's experiences making this film over the, like, the, final, the product. final product and trusted that it would make the final product better, which was really interesting and related back to the conversation because the film is about sexual assault and women's and, experiences with all yes, of that. Yes, and so she really prioritized how the cast and the crew sort of felt and related to all of this content. But it was such a good question because it was so warm and so kind and so curious. And it just kind of reminded me of the feeling that you would get like an art class when you were a kid and the teacher would be like, what are you most proud of about the way you made this paper mache sculpture? Well, and it prioritized the positive. It wasn't yes. like, what would you do differently next time? Or what did you learn that you will apply to your next product? It was like, no, what do you like about the what way you did What do you like this? about the way you did this? I think I should ask myself that question more. And I'm always in search of questions to ask him that will get him to actually tell me things because toddlers are notoriously cagey about <laughs> their days. Notoriously <laughs> cagey. Uh -huh, they uh -huh. don't tell you shit. And there's what a, does he tell you when you ask him about his days? Mm, you get these little tricks through the parenting grapevine. Yeah. So so one, they always say, like, ask your kid, did anybody get in trouble today? Because they'll always tell you if somebody got in trouble, like they want to gossip, they want to tell on people. There's one kid. I'm not going to name names. He's usually the one who got in trouble. <laughs> You taught me years ago when you were doing some mentor program for teenagers uh -huh. to basically ask teenagers, what do your friends think about it to oh, get yeah. like, as a tactic mm -hmm. to get how they think about it yes. or to, to set themselves up in contrast to be like, well, Maya feels this way about it, but I feel that way about it. I totally forgot that. Yeah, it was really good advice. I, Shout used, out, it, I, I used it a lot. Yeah, I used it a lot. I with totally my cousin. forgot yeah. about that. It's a very, very good, good question. I usually say things like, 
did anybody laugh today? Did anybody cry today? You know, things like that. Did you fill up anybody's bucket today, which is a term they love at our school? I do not like the filling up bucket thing. <laughs> well, I think it is weird, but that is, that is, this is why I'm not a preschool teacher. Anyway, so now I love this and I've been asking him this, like, what do you like most about the way you did X, Y, Z? And I can't, I can't remember what any of the answers have been, but he has consistently answered it where uh, there's a lot of questions you can ask a toddler and they'll just say, I don't know. Yes. But here we go. Here we go. Something else you wanted to talk about. Yeah. A lot of other things, really. This is weighing heavily on my heart and my mind. Number six, boots. Conflicted boots is what we've decided. <laughs> the topic is conflicted boots. Okay, yeah. so tell me about the boots. Do you want to talk about your boots first? Yeah. Okay, so basically, I have this pair of Doc Martin Winter Grip Zip Chelsea boots. Yeah. And I got them like four or five years ago. And they're my like, it's slush city outside mm-hmm. winter boots. They they have like a waxed leather. They have a fake fur lining and they have zips up both sides. Mm-hmm. And the zips of both sides is a really important feature because it means that you're not like trying to wiggle your foot into them if, yes. as if they had no zips, but they also don't, they're not lacing or buttoning or like whatever. Yes. You can also be real lazy about it and not zip them all the way up mm-hmm. and just kind of like wear them half on. Yeah. And wearing them half on, I think, is core to my experience with these boots where I'm like, clearly just don't want to commit to them in any real way. Interesting. So this is as much functional as it is psychological. Yes. Okay. I psychologically have to zip these boots on Mm -hmm. because I don't, they they don't make anything look cute. They don't Mm -hmm. look good Mm -hmm. with anything. Yeah. But they like truly get the job done. Yes. And they're like high functioning and whatever. And every time I go to be like, I should replace these with something. Then I like beat myself up and I'm like, why? They are exactly the boot that like serves the purpose. Why do I need a better version of this? And I used to have a cute pair of winter boots and they would give me blisters every Mm -hmm. time. And they had like annoying lacing with those, you know, those like ice skating hooks. Oh, yeah. At the top Mm -hmm. where you're like, what is this for? I know. Like, what are we doing here? And I eventually got rid of those because I was like, Mm -hmm. I can't get a blister every time it snows. Like, this is not a way to live. And landed on these. And now I'm just in that place where I'm like, do I just accept that these aren't cute? And that's fine. And does the thing that that I'm like getting salt stains on need to be cute? Well, here's what I would say about those boots. They're innocuous. They're not not cute. They just are. They just are. They just just are. And I say that because it's A, true, but it also sets it up in opposition to my to your boots, which boots. you think are n- not innocuous. They're, they are not just are. These boots come with so much baggage. So I share your desire for all of the features of a boot that yes. you described for a winter boot. One, I like, I no longer can wear just, you know, like a rain boot in the snow. I have to have a shearling lining or some sort of fuzzy lining. My circulation sucks and keeps getting worse. Same, same, same. My feet still get cold in these. So there's no hope if if I'm wearing like a hunter boot or something. No, and that didn't used to be the case, but that has been like 35 onward. My toes stopped staying warm themselves. Keep up, guys. And then the pull-on thing. I can't believe I ever dealt with laces. No. I just like well, I, and then the lace always unties. Oh, yes. clear. The lace always unties, and then you're reaching into the puddle at the at the curb <laughs> and lifting it out yes. like it's a like science specimen. That's not the answer. Yeah, and I just also like you're getting home in the slush. You have on 16 layers, probably some bags, maybe a toddler you pulling step at you out of it with yes, like one immediately. with like two feet. Yes. You know what I mean? You don't want to be like using your hands for this. And like God forbid. It. You get fully bundled up, put the shoe on, and then remember you left something upstairs and you have to run back upstairs. Oh my God. So I, I'm done with laces. And so the thi- the like obvious thing answer to all the things we just described is an Ugg boot. Yeah. And I just, I've never worn Uggs during any of their renaissances. I was just like, sort of knew I wasn't going to go there. And so I launched a really exhaustive search for an Ugg alternative. And I tried to resist number six clog boots yes. as the solution. And I did resist it for quite some time, despite several very stylish friends being like, 
no, no, no. What you're looking for is the shoe. Yes. Stop looking. It's here. Yes. And here's the thing. I'm not actually offended by how they look. No, they're cute. I think they're cute. But you're right. They come with so much emotional baggage. So much emotional baggage. So the first thing that they always bring to mind for me is just a specific era. And that era is the era that Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor Swift were dating. Sure. Because I just remember. When she was wearing a slouchy beanie yes, around and, Brooklyn. Oh, God. Those like really sad, thin Oxfords. But yeah. during this time. <laughs> but during this to bring it back to time, shoes. Maggie Gyllenhaal and her friends were all wearing like every size, shape and color of the number six boots. And Maggie Gyllenhaal at that time represented the pinnacle of Brooklyn motherhood, like white Brooklyn motherhood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And and to number six, this is testament, that has never really waned. Like the chokehold that number six boots has had on Brooklyn moms has sustained for over a decade. It and the Amazon code have really managed to keep it up. And it it just, you really don't want to be that stereotype when you actually are that stereotype. So it's like, I should have- When you're like central casting, if if I were doing, if they were doing the movie version of me, they put me in these shoes. Exactly. So it's like, I should have adopted this trend before I lived in Brooklyn, before I had kids. And then you could hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I waited too long. It's like now that I am a mom, I did it. Of course I'm doing it. And when you read the discourse on these boots, and there's a lot, you know, there's like a New Yorker. Where are you getting the discourse? Okay, thank you, thank you. There's two several articles. So one is in the New Yorker from 2018. And again, like a little late to the game, all of these articles, but I think people were like, we just can't ignore it. So these important media outlets like the New Yorker. Everyone like sighed and I guess we have to write about this. So in 2018, the New Yorker publishes The Life-Changing Magic of Clogs. And in 2019, the New York Times publishes the new mom uniform of Park Slope. It involves clumpy old clogs and a mysterious strap. And that was a dual. That was like a double hit. It was about both the clogs and this this purse strap from this brand salt that everybody was putting on their fancy bags. It was like a crossbody. And I just didn't want to be any of these things. You know, I didn't want to submit. There's even a line <laughs> in the New York Times article. It says, For mom specifically, the number six clog gives off a message that you're very much interested in comfort and not so interested in appearance. I mean, that's rude. That is rude. So that's aggressive. It's sad. It's sad. There's also the number six founder says our customer used to be the girls who you now see downtown wearing Crocs, ironically, and no makeup and who are so fashion. Now we're getting the girl who eight years ago would have worn Uggs and the mom who has a pair of clogs in the country and a pair at home. I mean, okay, okay. so what? So now that you own them. So I bought a pair last year. And I was like, oh, my God, these are so comfortable. <laughs> I lo- I right. wore them like every day since the day they arrived. And here's one of the things I like. I think you can dress them down. I also think they look very cute with baggy sweatpants. Totally. I love them. Yeah. And so then, then this year I was like, I need a black pair, too. Last so now you, so just for for the record, you have now, now I'm going to own pairs. two. Yeah. yeah and by the way, a central theme of both these articles is any woman who owns a pair owns like 20 pairs of them. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by LifeMD. LifeMD has undeniably created a better and more affordable way for people to speak with doctors without leaving their homes. The days of depressing waiting rooms, awkward in-person visits, and confusion on who to call are over. You can now video chat with a board-certified physician and get the prescription you need in as little as 15 minutes. Visit lifemd.com slash a thing or two today and see why LifeMD is America's most trusted leader in virtual healthcare. Man, Claire, we got LifeMD as a sponsor about a week after I needed to know about them. Yeah, seriously. I was in LA and I was having this weird rash. And basically I was like, is this maybe shingles? Like, I think I need to like get this dealt with. And then, 
you know, had to do the the searching of like, where am I going near here? I don't have any experience with the urgent care. I had to fill out so much paperwork, largely by hand, and then had to fill out some more paperwork online. I was just sitting there being like, oh my God, oh my God. Saw a doctor who was lovely, but it took her all of four seconds to say, you have shingles. Yeah. And this would have really answered the question for me so quickly. Are you saying it was a meeting that could have been a phone call? a meeting that could have been a zoom. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we have all been there, whether it's a nasty cough that won't go away, surprise shingles, something you have to wait hours in line for at the emergency room because it hit on the weekend, pink eye that won't go away without a prescription, UTIs, yada, yada. We can't always time sickness, but LifeMD makes it easy. With LifeMD, America's healthcare system is enabling doctors to reach patients in their home through revolutionary virtual healthcare. Everyone has that one thing they've been putting off getting checked out. With LifeMD, there's no excuse. You talk to an incredible five-star certified physician in less time than it takes to fold your laundry. They help with so many different needs, ranging from annual checkups to lab tests to chronic conditions like diabetes and weight loss and more. Finding the right doctor can also be so frustrating. It can be hard to even know where to begin. LifeMD's patient platform and app make this so easy now. All you have to do is select your symptoms, pick your preferred doctor, and LifeMD does the rest. Visit lifemd.com slash a thing or two now or download their app and see why LifeMD is America's trusted telehealth leader. That's lifemd.com slash a thing or two to experience healthcare the way it should be. What's the vibes? I'm EJ, head of special projects at DBA, and this is Who's On Content, a show that explores and dissects the influential, behavioral-altering power of content through thought-provoking, culturally relevant, and industry-shifting dialogues. We're chatting with social media platform leaders, marketers, journalists, and content creators contributing to the content shaping the global society we live in. I mean, folks, let's face it. Content is everywhere. It's visual. It's audible. Hell, it's even edible. Go with me for a second. The content of your favorite restaurant informs the content of your Yelp review. <laughs> See what we did there? Tune in to hear who's on content. The other thing is I've never really owned a proper clog before. And everybody pitched me on like, no, it's like an orthopedic shoe because of course it I is. I don't think I have since Dr. Scholl's. Yeah. Know? no, I loved a Dr. Scholl in like what, middle school yes. and high school? Yeah. But I do. I would. I am interested in actual clog. Yeah. It, they're so comfortable, which is crazy because it's kind of a heel. And it's nice because you're raised off the ground, so you're not coming in contact at all with the slush and the snow. Well, and the thing is, orthopedically, you're supposed yes. to be, you're supposed to have a little bit of a heel. Like a flat yeah, right, flat is right. not good for, it's not like good for our, our posture, our I, backs, whatever. I can walk for hours and these things are so warm. They're so comfortable. They slip on and off really easily. They are a warm hug of a shoe. And I guess I just need to be comfortable with the idea that people are going to interpret my owning them however they would like. And I will interpret it as a practical, warm decision that you're still slightly conflicted about. Yeah, that I'm still slightly conflicted about. But I custom ordered a pair yesterday because I was like, they're not selling any. What did you custom? I wanted a black base with a black body. See, that's what I would want. Yeah, because I felt like it felt slightly less submitting to the stereotype if the base wasn't wood. Because it wasn't wasn't (laughs) naked wood. You show them. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. Because part of what I imagine when I imagine the sad Brooklyn mom and her number six shoes is that the wooden base of her number six clogs is just completely busted, right? Yeah. And dirty I, this and is what scratched. I yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that, like some spilled baby food up the side, maybe. Completely. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'll show them. I'll get a black base. Yeah. They won't even know for sure that it's a number six clog because it's fully black. Yeah. So, you know, I'll be really pulling one over on Real those people goth. who think I'm a, yeah. a, a cheesy <laughs> Brooklyn mom, I guess. Super goth. Love yeah. it, love it, love it, love yeah. it, love it. 
hey, can we talk about something that I feel like we have conflicting conflicting feelings about, if not conflicted? I would say equally controversial, but I actually have an update that I don't think I've shared with you uh, on this okay, topic. I'm thrilled. Okay. okay. This is my strong pitch. This is my passioned <laughs> pitch yeah, uh-huh. for uh-huh. Farmer's Fridge. Yeah. Farmer's Fridge sells vending machine salads, bowls, whatever, at airports. And I've since learned, like, at the hospitals, at in hospital parking garages genius. in LA. Wow. It's, it's like, there's now, I think, available at Target, too. But basically, at college campuses, any place where you might want, like, a quick meal to go, mm-hmm. Farmer's Fridge is putting in vending machines. And they now have 400 of them. This is a Chicago-based business. They've mm. been at it since 2013. I'm very charmed by them. Okay. And it has become my go-to airport meal. Interesting. So I feel like whenever I try to get anybody on board with this, they are like very like, it's that's gross. Like you're getting fresh food out of a vending machine. So are these people who've seen the farmer's fridge or they're just hearing the concept? Do you think? A mix of both? I think a mix of both. I mix- Because I had seen it and I'm more, the thing is not the fresh food out of a vending machine because that doesn't bother me so much. It's a couple of things. The idea of like a mason jar salad has never appealed to me. And this is piggybacking on the idea of a mason jar salad. And every, to go back to 2010, every 2010 food blogger who was pitching you on a mason jar salad was like, so you're going to layer your chickpeas with your alfalfa, with your quinoa and your cabbage. And And the thing is that when I go to an airport, it's so miserable that I am like, I deserve a treat. Totally. I hear that. Mm-hmm. I'm. If you think you want a treat, you should get a treat. I am not well, rejecting that. Nothing in the airport is truly a treat. That's Even how I the feel. thing you think is going to be a treat this is, is not a thing. treat. What ends up happening is I either wait in line for mm-hmm. like what an hour, hour and a half at Shake Shack, yeah. like being like, yes. wait, what is this experience? Yeah. Or you sit down somewhere because you're like, I want to have like an a, something on an actual plate, mm-hmm. and then you order it on an iPad mm-hmm. and type in all these things, and then they come over. Yeah. The person, the only time the person comes over is to be like, we're sold out of that item, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like. This is all terrible. And I would rather just get my little jar of salad and go sit in a gate without people in it and (laughs) eat it there. Like that is my personal preference. So I you pitched me on this and then I had an I I had to take an unexpected flight (gasps) recently. So I got the opportunity to try Farmer's Fridge and I got specifically the salad that you recommended which, to be fair, was the only salad I could find that seemed even halfway appealing. It was the Baja, the Baja Bowl. The Baja Bowl. So it's a bowl, technically not a salad. But they're also, <laughs> Claire, the salads, the actual salads are also good. The Green Goddess salad is also very good. Okay, go on. What, well, on. no, I, I like, so it was it was a jar, a bowl, a salad of, yeah. it had tortilla chips and it. it had a lot going for it. It mostly just doesn't have lettuce. That's the only yeah, thing okay. that, that this bowls have don't have versus the And, and it had a, a mayo-based dressing that was going to cover up anything that wasn't good about the salad. But yes. it was it was good. Like, I very much get this. If I am in the airport and I'm like, I just want something to make me not be hungry and for it to be not gross and to not wait in line. This and is And for great it to solution. have, like, nutritional value yes, and yeah, for yes. it to, like, be count as a meal. And yeah. yeah. No, that's what I'm... I'm not saying that, like, I want a farmer's fridge physical location to open so I can go there and, like, get food on <laughs> a regular that's Tuesday. that's how I was feeling was I was just like, I can go to... Sweet green, whenever. Although, in, but you're not in an airport. I know. You're right. You're this right. Is, this is solving for a, a problem mm-hmm. that exists when you are in a hospital, an airport, mm-hmm. and a parking garage. Listen, and I think it's like dining options are particularly bleak. At least we've got Chuco and LaGuardia now. So that's true. No, Thomas spent some time in a hospital recently and basically ate his way through the entire farmer's fridge offering and was like, I didn't, he's like, I didn't encounter a bad item. Wow. I know. And everything is like consistently fresh. And I know people are like picturing the salads at SIBO that are just like 
the saddest, yeah. weirdest. So that's it's the thing. not they that. Are better, they are better than most of those types of salads. I've never had a freshness issue. And again, I've tried this like lots of times. They have options for all kinds of dietary restrictions. Mm-hmm. Those jars, which are like layered in that way. Mm-hmm. That, yes, yeah, they which, do a good job layering yeah. though. They make it so that it's not soggy. They're available 24-7. So if you show up at the airport at 5 a.m., mm-hmm. like that's point. the thing, yeah. you know, yeah. or you're like have that, that mm-hmm. flight that like got pushed till one in the morning or whatever. Yes. The jars are 100% recyclable. And they're priced from like six to 10 bucks, yeah. which also like, because the other thing that happens at the airport yeah. is you're like, I would like something. And, and then you spend, you spend $35 yeah. being like, wait, I had a burrito bowl yeah. and it was $40. And how no, did that that's happen? Right. And, and I have to say too, that the 24 seven thing is a nice point because when I got mine, I was landing at like 8am, but I knew I was going to want lunch for 1130. And so I just got some stuff. Yeah. And you could like pick them up and take yeah, them with and just you. just toss it in my yeah. bag. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. a great point. That's a great um, use case. If you're doing holiday traveling, need the meal, please mm-hmm. try them. Report back. Oh, and the other, sorry, the other item <laughs> I forgot to shout out, Claire, is the pineapple coconut chia mm. pudding. And I am not a chia pudding person. Neither am I. But there's something about it. And I also feel like if you had like a kid who needed like a food, you know what I mean? I tried like, to this sell, feels I tried like to sell cam on Chia Pudding over the weekend. Yeah. I was like, want some pudding? And yeah. then he was not <laughs> This is a he better version than, okay. than I would expect. Okay. Yeah. okay. I get this fairly regularly from breakfast, the breakfast offering at Farmer's I had Ridge. no idea you were you were enough of a frequent customer there to be getting something fairly regularly. I also just really like, I think that... When I go to the airport, I don't have to do the mind game of where am I going to get food. Mm. I don't want to learn a new system oh. for every airport I travel to. To bring this back to getting toddlers to listen and yes. talk. Yes. You requested that I expound on this thing I told you the other day. Toddler gossip. Well, because I was telling you, the cam got in trouble at school. And then the Pear. teacher was like... Okay, it wasn't trouble. When I said to the teacher, I heard Cam got in trouble. She was like, I, <laughs> I heard you use the word trouble. Careful. I wrote her an email and then we had a phone call about it. And she was like, I just want to say, I noticed you use the word trouble in your email and he is not in trouble. And I was like, well, now I'm in trouble for using the word trouble. <laughs> he behaved in a way that was not ideal. And I told you about it and I was upset about it. And you were coming over later to give him a gift. And you were like, am I still allowed to come give him the gift? And I was like, yeah, but just like let him know that you heard about this because I want him to know that it's making its way through the gossip mill. That because, everybody's talking about it. Yeah, because this, I don't. And he like basically, can we talk about what he did? Oh, yeah. He like uh-huh. accidentally scratched a teacher and then yeah. wouldn't say he was sorry. And then he wouldn't the, say he was sorry. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything super terrible. Again, he wasn't technically in I trouble. I just want everybody <laughs> here when they see him next to be able to be like, oh, I heard about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But to be fair, he did apologize later. So he did. He did apologize later. We wrote an apology note. And again, he was not in trouble. Let the record reflect. But I wanted him to know people were gossiping about it because in this moment of parental disappointment and confusion and feeling like I don't actually know what the right way to handle this. The one thing I did know what to do was to gossip about it with you in front of him because I learned this thing from Dr. Harvey Karp that I really believe in because it's just pure logic so Dr. Harvey Karp is the guy who invented the snoo. And Happiest he, Baby. Yeah, he wrote Happiest Baby on the block. So he, he's a celeb baby doctor. Celeb baby doctor. But he has this lesser known book called Happiest Toddler on the Block. And I'm just going to venture a guess that the reason it's a lesser known book is because it centers largely around this conceit that you should basically emulate a wild animal when you're parenting your toddler and growl at your kid. That would, that would <laughs> yes, that could be a contributing factor. 
He's like, I know it's embarrassing, but it really works. And you just have to stick with it. And you have to use a low growly voice. And, and then you have to do this in public. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember talking to a friend who has a, a collier, friend of the pod, yeah. has a kid similarly aged to Cam. And she was like, yeah, I read that. And then my husband tried it. And my kid and I both looked at him and laughed. And we were like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is a joke. Let's go take him seriously. Exactly. So it didn't work. Yeah. But there is this one tip in the book on Happiest Toddler in the Block that says, If you really want something to sink in with your kid, let them hear you gossiping about it because they will take it so much more seriously if they hear you telling grandma, I am so proud of Cam for pooping in the potty than if you tell him, I'm so proud of you for pooping in the potty. For the same reason that if I tell you, Erica, like, oh my God, your haircut looks so good, you feel great. But if you overhear me telling someone else, have you guys seen Erica's haircut? It's so stunning. You feel incredible. So I'm like, wow, this is like, she means it. Yes. She's like, it's worth talking about. It's worth talking about. It's worth talking about. Yeah. yeah. So now it's probably so annoying for my parents and my in-laws, but I will do this really fucking heavy <laughs> handed really performative. Thing. So performative. <laughs> like, Normally, normally it centers around positive feedback, but sometimes also about around negative yeah. feedback where I'm just like, yeah, I'm really concerned about Cam because he just refuses to pick up his toys and I'm probably going to have to throw them all away. And it's like <laughs> if I tell him, he's like, bitch, you're not going to throw those away. And it's like, oh, you told someone else. Well, why would you tell someone else if you weren't really going to do it? Totally. Wow. So wow. I that love it. is my this is now my That's parenting, parenting podcast. podcast. Yeah. yeah. No, I exactly. love it. I love it. Thank you so much to Shopify for sponsoring today's episode. Can I just say, so this is meant to be an ad about how people should use Shopify to start their stores and they should, but I'm going to testify from a consumer vantage point right now, which is that I, like so many other people, really resent Black Friday because you're supposed to be with your family and who wants to like log onto their computer and be like spending their day on their computer. So I was doing all of my Black Friday shopping for my phone and I was so freaking jazzed every time I would land on the checkout page and it was a Shopify page because I was like, thank God, this is easy. This is quick. I can handle this from my phone. I don't need to like get into a whole thing here. And if it wasn't a Shopify page, chances are I was not finishing checkout. And it just really made me realize how far we have come with this technology that it's like, it's got to be Shopify or nothing for me. That is the business. Yeah, that's the business business case. case. I know. I know. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere, whether your thing is vintage teas or recipes for ghee, start selling on Shopify and join the platform, simplifying commerce for millions of our favorite businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll create an online store and your vibe, discover new customers and grow the following that keeps them coming back. And Shopify has all the sales channels sorted. So your business keeps growing in-person POS system, all in one e-commerce platform, everything that integrates with all the social platforms too. And thanks to 24-7 support, their free library is full of educational content. Shopify has got you every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify and you will too. When you're ready to launch your thing into the spotlight, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform backing millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Go on, try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash a thing or two, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash a thing or two to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash thing or two. Thank you so much to Noise Off Bazaar for sponsoring today's episode. So as someone who's like really never good at thrift 
and secondhand or vintage stores. I do feel really proud of how far I've come when it comes to shopping secondhand online. But I have to say the only like way I've really ever been able to approach it on a lot of the really big sites is with specific search terms. Like I've never gotten the hang of sort of how to browse those sites. Well, there's too much. It's there's like too, too intense. Yeah. You're like, am I going to spend an afternoon here or just like right. half an hour? <laughs> so you really have to have like a very specific thing you're looking for, very specific labels. You have to have like the knowledge and the context. I have to say Noise Off Bazaar has solved this for me because they curate their products so well. So it's like, I know that I can actually just go say, I'm looking for a dress, I'm looking for jeans, whatever. And it's going to be all styles and brands and pieces that I'm interested in because they have just managed to cultivate this community of like-minded buyers and sellers. And they know, they know what sort of market they know what you they're playing want. in. Exactly. They know what you want. They know what you yeah. want. Noise Off Bazaar is the only peer-to-peer resale market focused on independent fashion labels, a community of slow fashion enthusiasts buying and selling quality goods from adult to kids' clothing, home goods, vintage gems. Their team curates every item that's submitted, which means no more digging through the abyss of fast fashion finds. Noise Off Bazaar offers a boutique-type shopping experience but with all secondhand items. It's a great way to try and, to, and discover new brands without paying full retail price. Buying and selling is easy, fun, and secure. They foster a community of buyers and sellers who appreciate well-made items and the circular economy. Listing is free, and their selling fee is lower than big resale sites. Visit noiseoffbazaar.com. That's N-O-I-H-S-A-F, fashion spelled backwards, B-A-Z-A-A-R.com. Buy, sell, and even make new friends. Noiseoffbazaar.com. Hey, can we come back to Chris for a second? Because you had some other, you had some stories oh, to share about him. Oh, a great life hack. He just doesn't come to me with a lot of life hacks. But we were at, yeah, no, slow, well, slow water slow aside. Slow water. Oh my God. Yeah. Iconic. Legendary. In yeah. fact, slow water. Okay. So it's like they're few and far between, but they're legendary. Yeah. We're out to dinner the other night and he gets a calendar alert and he's like, oh, right. I had to talk to you about this thing. And I was like, excuse me. He's like, I wanted to talk to you about what I think we should get my mom for, for Christmas. And so I put it in this calendar invite. I made a calendar invite for it. And I was like, why didn't you just like put it in a note or something? Which is what I yeah. do. I'll have like a Chris agenda. Which, yeah. And he was like, well, because then I wouldn't remember to bring it up at dinner. And I wanted to remember to bring it up while we were at dinner to talk about this thing. And I was like, oh, this is really actually smart. Yeah, no, I like this. I was like, I'm really into this. I had no idea because what I would, here's, here's my lazy hacks for these things. Email myself a note. Yeah, perfect. Put it on my Flawless. list. Right. Yeah. Or just, just one more email. That's exactly what you're hoping for. I have disorganized iPhone notes where it'll be like over the weekend. Sometimes if I don't see you for like a week, I'll start Erica and then I'll just like put random. If we go on vacation, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, we start like notes for each other of like very important updates, and then we search our screenshots also. Yeah, because that's oh, how yeah, we both go through sure our screenshots, cover the bases <laughs> exactly. And I do have an agenda for Chris, but. Much to my chagrin, I don't have a weekly standing meeting with Chris. And I'm actually, I've always wanted to work towards this and I have suggested it. And he's not totally opposed, but he's like, I'd rather like not think of our marriage as a business <laughs> engagement. And I'm like, but it basically is. But what I realized is that this is actually the solution where it's like, if he's not going to agree to a standing meeting with me, what I need to do is put agenda items in my calendar when I know we're going to be meeting anyway. Yes, yes, yeah. And just try to tick off like one or two things. Yeah. yeah. I no, was that's really a good idea. Into it. He apparently also does this for work because his what he does is his work calendar is public. So he doesn't want to put agenda items in the calendar invites for work. 
on, so like, he creates his own. Like, he creates one on his private, on his yeah, on his personal calendar, and invites himself to it with those things so that it comes up at the same time. Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah, kind of like smart. It's kind of smart. I'm like, I think I don't need it for everything in my life, but I actually think no. But if there's like one thing you want to get done, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think specifically for marriage, it's yeah, it's good because. And with a kid, you're just like never in control of where the conversation goes. I like this idea of being like, no, you got to talk about this thing right now. Yeah. That's smart. That's useful. You were super into lately how people are using calendars because of the way it got brought up by Anne Helen Peterson. Yeah. And she made a point that has stuck with me since. And I think about it all the time that basically every calendar that we've ever used, especially digital ones, were designed by men without like young 20 something men without Mm. home lives or commitments. Mm. And so they're all structured basically for work and maybe some playtime. But there's not... There's like no sense of like the thing I got annoyed about recently (laughs) is that I want to be able to put something on the calendar where it's like something's going to be dropped off or like something's going to be delivered or like I need to go do this during this. I need to go pick up this like CSA Mm -hmm. thing during this period Mm -hmm. of time. Right. It's not like I can't do have a meeting during this four hour block, but I want it to be like. A, in the background, right. a it's soft a, hold. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not a maybe. I'm not right. maybe doing it. I'm yes doing it. Right. It just doesn't affect the rest of my day in right. that way. It's no, a 15 minute thing that's on the calendar for four hours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, the only thing to do is to make a calendar, a separate calendar, a calendar category that's like personal life stuff. It's not, that's not actually right. the answer. It's right. not actually what you want. Right, but, right, right. For it to be like color coded in a different way or whatever. Yeah, which is like kind of at some point I had a cam calendar that was like that. And then, you know, it was like, in the background, Cam's going to swim class right now. Like, I'm not taking him, but I want to know he's there. Right. Yeah, no, it, I agree. I have, like, family members, doctor's appointments that I, like, I want to know when they're happening. I kind of need to know yeah. when they're happening. Yes. But I don't need them to be, like, in my day in that mm-hmm. way. It does. It's funny that the point that you slash Anne are making also brings to mind part of what made it so magical during that era in, like, the late 90s, early aughts when planners like themed planners with stickers and stuff were really fun and I mean I know this is still going on with bullet journals and whatever but you would get the fancy thing at Target that had stickers that could demarcate these things that made you feel seen totally whether it was like the start of your period or drinks with the girls or whatever where it was like this calendar was built specifically for you because I see you and I see your lifestyle and I see I know what you're up to exactly yeah yeah okay something I've made you listen to me talk about that I would like to talk about again I recently was like, I need jeans. And the only way to buy jeans, as far as I can tell, is to just like go to stores and try on jeans. Mm -hmm. And so I did this. I went to stores in Soho. One of the stores I went to was Ghani. Mm -hmm. And I tried on every pair of Ghani jeans available in my size. I did not look at the styles. I did not unfold them. I just took Did you ask a a salesperson, you were like, give me every style of jean in X size? Well, she basically, I was like, where, there were like no jeans out visibly on the floor. And I was like, do you have, there was like one pair of like, kind of like very specific jeans. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh yeah, they're over here in these drawers. And like, here they are. And I was like, cool. And just started pulling oh, and okay. like made myself a stack. And then another salesperson came over and she was like, oh, all of those? And I was like, mm. <laughs> Also, I'm going to yeah. fold them up. It's going to be fine. If I'm here, yes, I'm going to try on mm-hmm. all the jeans. And I'm so glad I did because this led me to the most revelatory pair of jeans I've ever encountered that I did not buy, but I'm still thinking about and sort of regret buying. Tell me. The Ghani Figni jeans. So basically, they're jeans with two rows of buttons Mm -hmm. for the fly. Okay. So picture. And they're sort of in a V. A V. Picture Mm -hmm. a V of buttons. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you button it tight to Mm -hmm. the like 
for this button. Yeah. You cover the other row of buttons and it's it like, looks normal. It looks normal. And it's not on a diagonal at all. It's like slightly, okay. but not like not discernibly. Yeah. And it gives sort of like a cinched waist and mm -hmm. it like sits a little higher yeah. and it's like a fitted jean. If you button them on the further one, there's yeah. a row of buttons exposed mm -hmm. and then you get like a looser, lower jean. And did you try it on both? Obviously. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe how well this works. Really? Yes. Like, the thing is, I can't tell. I can't decide how dopey I think, like, having an exposed row of buttons is. I thought it was going to be like, oh, I hate it. Mm -hmm. But I did not hate it. Well, I think, like, statement flies are having a moment. So it's I was like trying to find proof primed. of this. Where? Yeah. Well, okay. So here's, when you told me about it, I was immediately thinking of this Tibby style. And I couldn't remember what it was. But I looked it up. What Tibby has is double-waisted denim. Oh, yeah, Which yeah, yeah. Which is sort of okay, similar to the yeah. idea of two flies, but it's just two waists. It's purely decorative. Right. It's the idea that we're wearing two pairs of jeans, which is yeah. as crazy. As if crazy. If not crazier. But Correct. I, I love the product description. The signature slouchy and wide leg hybrid silhouette you love now features an additional waistband for peak creativity. Yeah. It's creative. This is creative <laughs> It play. is creative. So that's what I thought of, but that was not functional. But when you described it to me, it felt like an evolution on this thing, the crisscross fly okay, that is see. having a moment. So, and there's a Vogue trend piece oh, about yes, it. Yeah. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It does feel like it's what basically the teams just, are doing. It's like a diagonal button fly. It's not, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's a weird angular asymmetrical fly is yes, what it is. Yes, And yes. A-Gold has a style like this. And Karen Callahan had a version that I actually tried to buy at some point and showed a friend and they were like, don't, no, you're not going to like that. It's weird. But it does make a fun sort of like V-shape at the waist that I think is nice. I think that's nice. cute. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. So I feel like what Ghani did was they were like, I see this trend and I'm going to make it functional. I'm going to make it functional. I was like, wow, this is like the ideal holiday meal pant, right? Mm, you put it on tight yeah. for the beginning of the day uh -huh. and then you have your three slices of pie and you can relax it. Or it's like you're getting dressed in the morning and you're mm. like, I'm sitting at a computer all day. I'm yeah. going to go like the wide one. Yes. And then day to night, you cinch it tighter. I, I don't know. It. I don't know. I need people to see how this works. There's a video on the Nordstrom product page that like actually like mm -hmm. gets into it so that you can see the true functionality here. I want to come back to what you were talking about at the beginning of, of this about trying on every pair of jeans and say, come back to some a, a drum we have beat before. Yes. Which is that the denim shopping experience is one that that calls for the department store. Yeah. And the death of the department store has left us with the death of a good denim consumption experience. Maybe that's why people are so intimidated by denim in general and like jeans. And I like don't so. want to wear a jean. You used to go to the denim bar at Barney's Co-op. Yeah. I, for the longest like time, that was the department answer. store. Yes. There was like a section for jeans and you would go and look at jeans. But what I loved about the denim bar was yeah. that its very existence acknowledged the fact that there are so many styles and the bar so many sizes and yeah. so many brands and you need someone, an expert, to sort of walk you through it and select the things that's right for you and that you are going to have to try on a lot of them. Yeah. And I don't know how people do this now except to do the thing where you buy a ton or, or like you did, go try on a ton at once. But even that, it's like you're trying on every style at Ghani. What oh, if Ghani's not right And then right I had to you? go to another. I went to three yeah. stores and did this, yeah. you know? And like, that's like not The listeners are going to want to know where else did you go? I went to Totem. Yes. I, I got these jeans yes, at great. Totem and they were like the normal jeans. You just have to try them on, all on because at the, it's also the issue of like a style that you like in a dark wash is going to look totally different in a light wash because the textures are totally different. They're going to look different in a black wash. You just don't know. And 
these things all look different on everybody. I do think people just have so much trouble. They really do. I just had this conversation the other day with a couple of gals. Okay. If you have denim shopping thoughts, ideas, please send those in. Oh, or talk about it on Geneva. That feels like a Mm, good thing. Let's talk about it on Geneva. See you in the group chat. See you in the group chat. That's the show. Hi, Claire and Erica. This is Quigley. I use they, them pronouns. I'm calling because I feel compelled to report um, my use of a synonymous device for carrying my phone around. It is not a bandolier. It is a sort of contraption that I have made up, I guess, or like put together that it's not, it doesn't come this way. So I have a little ring that is silver and it's from the brand Sinji Moru. And um, it has a little hinge so that the ring part like folds out to use it. And it connects with like a command strip. So it's like pretty, pretty like sturdily attached. So the ring folds out and then I bought all of these different um, lanyards. Some of them are like bungee cord kind of. And those are for like if I'm going out for like an exercise type walk. And the other ones are like different colors and like patterns so that I can like sort of try to like match them to what I'm wearing. It's not a pocket issue because I have pockets. My phone tends to fall out of my pocket if I bend over for something. And I don't want to carry a purse because I'll get extended more than I already am. So this is a system I developed. I'm pretty proud of it. I haven't dropped my phone in like 12 months, maybe a little less than a year. And it happened a lot because I have like pretty bad circulation in my hands. So it works for me. I will send pictures if you promise not to like, you know, people of Walmart me. Appreciate it. Uh, Love you both. Thank you. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.